Today on Locked On Canadians, what will it take to get Cole Caulfield going? You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 972. And as always, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every day free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. My name is Laura Sab, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by Scott Matla. Scott, how are you doing on this uh, milder than expected tu- Tuesday evening? It is Tuesday, right? <laughs> yes, it is Tuesday when we're recording this. Uh, it was 50 degrees when I was wrapping up some account visits today, uh, and then the wind picked up, gusting uh, 45 freedom units per hour in the United States here, which made a a drive home across the open throughway, uh, an interesting proposition. And now it is just a, under 40. It's going to be chilly when I get up in the morning for some other stuff to take the dog out. But it feels weird because for the past, what, two months, we've had Habs games on Tuesdays. And it feels like something isn't right, that there isn't a game when we are sitting down to record right now. Normally, we'd be watching them, you know, falter around on the power play. Uh, but we're not, and that's weird, and I don't exactly love that, I guess. It's it's a weird feeling. <laughs> it is a weird feeling, and what is also a weird feeling is right now, Cole Caulfield um, is, I don't want to say he's struggling. He doesn't seem like he's struggling. His demeanor's not struggling. So, Scott, let me just ask you, are you worried about Cole Caulfield? No. Uh <laughs> admittedly like it's frustrating because again he's doing a lot of the right things and not finding a reward for them in a big part of this is that the power play doesn't work it it, because it's the same problem with a different person now it used to be they're going to feed pk suban they're going to feed shea weber and now it's they're going to get the puck to caulfield and it's lacking the creativity to give him the open space he's creating chances It's just the luck hasn't been there. And I know people don't want to hear, oh, well, he's not paid to be unlucky. No one's paid to be unlucky. The the lack of goals is a little bit annoying. But I I see the process that is working with this here. And it feels like he's upped his play in other areas through whether it be defensively as a playmaker. It's just people want to see Cole Caulfield put the puck in the net. And when he's not doing that, it's very easy to try and question, hey, what else is he bringing to this team right now? I'm not so much worried about it, but it's just part of a kind of a frustration that they can't get a bunch of people playing well all at the same time. It feels like this two or three people and then these two or three people and then these two. It is never top line good, second line good, first pairing good, and they're just kind of rolling through that. It is constantly just patches here and there sometimes that's Caulfield and Suzuki sometimes it's uh, Brendan Gallagher and Sean Monahan. sometimes it's Mike Matheson sometimes it's Caden Gooley it's 
it's just a lack of up and down the lineup consistency this season. And that's impacting Caulfield. I think who's, I think still shooting at like well below his career average at this point. And that's exactly it is that he is shooting below his average. So there is an element of luck. And I'm really glad that you brought up the power play because Cole Caulfield in general is a very creative player. I just find that when the power play itself is going on, it's too predictable for the opponents. And so the penalty kills of other teams, and admittedly the Canadians have faced some really good ones recently, um, is able to just, without a problem, like, like there's, no, there's no problem for the penalty kill. Like there's no challenge there. The Canadians' power play is just a little bit too predictable. And therefore, like I find that Cole Caulfield is mostly thriving in situations where he's still able to kind of keep the opponents on their toes uh i did kind of it is a bit misleading when i put the topic is what will it take to get cole caulfield going i think what i should have said is what will it take to get cole caulfield scoring because there's a huge difference because as you pointed out scott like there are other aspects of his day of his game that we are seeing improve um and it's just like a lot of young players that we've seen and we've had frustrations in the past where it balances out where we take the things that they bring to the table positively seems like they disappear completely as the player develops in other areas. And the trick for Cole Caulfield is going to be combining those two, right? His responsibility is not going to be defensive. His responsibility is not necessarily going to be the playmaker as much as the finisher, but he does have that creativity. He does that ability to get better, to get better at that and start generating um, those moments that we so expect him to be on the receiving end of. So I think personally for me, the bad luck is is tough because that's the kind of thing where it's like, well, this guy's job is to score goals. He gets paid a lot of money to score goals. And he's not scoring goals, so the fan base is really frustrated. And also, on top of that, there is the anxiety of him having missed half a season to an injury. And did that really affect it or not? Did it cause him to take back a step? And then there's the added frustration that other fan bases want Cole Caulfield to be a bust so badly that we're even more invested in it as a fan base, right? So I think overall, Cole Caulfield is going to be fine. But I understand why so much of the fan base has a frustration that the pucks are not going into the net at that frequency. Uh, Scott, you do seem to have stumbled upon something that you wanted to bring up. So I am looking at Caulfield's shooting percentage year by year since he joined the team in 2021. Uh, In 10 games, 13.3%. The year after that, uh, where he didn't score at all, and then... Uh, scored only under Martin St. Louis, uh, 12.2. Last year in 46 games, 16.5. Laura, what do you think his shooting percentage is at this season? I'm going to say an 8, maybe? 6.7%. Wow, so half his average. He has 105 shots in 28 games, whereas in 2021-22, his first uh, full NHL year with that demotion, everything in there, he had 188 total last year in 46 games. He had 158. He's going to demolish that shooting record. And yes, more shots means lower shooting percentage, but a 10 point difference from last year to this year and a six and a half point difference from his career average to now, the law of regression kind of should say that, Hey, this is going to balance. And we're going to see that number rise. He has 20 points in 28 games, which isn't bad on a team that is kind of floating in that lottery conversation just outside there, playing 18 and just almost under 19 minutes a night. 
sometimes it's just a bounces kind of thing here. And I, we've seen the improvement defensively. See a defensive whiz. No, that's never been his he's, thing. He's not going to be on the top line with Caden Gooley anytime soon. <laughs> but he's discovering more things in his game uh, defensively in the transition game here. It's not taking away from his goal scoring. It's just sometimes you have bad luck. And sometimes the power play sucks. And you hit a post, you hit the side of the net. We talked about this with Slavkovsky in the three up and three down episode is that if a lot of his things are he's catching the heel of his stick when he's going to one time and it's going wide, the minute he gets his timing down to get more of those in the center of his stick on the toe of his stick, we're going to watch that goal, goal scoring total rise. And maybe that's just Caulfield's thing. It's bring the puck up or down a little bit because he has that shooting talent that this should level out. You don't just drop off a cliff like this because he hasn't shown any real issues with the shoulder injuries come back and he's looked good. It's just the goals aren't going in. So everyone thinks he's playing terribly, which I get it. When you see someone who is made to score goals and they aren't, you assume everything else is lacking. I think he's doing as much as he can, right? He just isn't getting bounces right now, which is uh, the story for the Montreal Canadians a lot for the last two years. I'm not worried. Sometimes it just takes a couple of bounces and then look, look at the year that Martin saying that we got here. He just, it just took off. He got out. He got those goals when San Luis was here, even in losses and then just went for it. Sometimes right. it just takes a little bit of luck. Exactly. And that's it. Like speaking of luck, I'm just going to wrap this up real quick is that, you know, we, you mentioned the shooting percentage. Like I think it's very safe to say that 16% is an outlier, right? Like that is an outlier season. It's not just for Cole Caulfield. And we have to point out that goal scorers like Cole Caulfield do have a higher than average shooting percentage in general. But if you take his last few seasons, like you can kind of sort of extrapolate, not extrapolate, sorry, uh, uh, pull an average, remove the, the two outliers, and it looks like his average is in that 11 to 12 range, right? So if, like, at, like at some point it was an outlier, at, like, in the, in, the, in the good direction, in the, in, in the positive direction, this way it just kind of feels like a little bit of an overcorrection, and at some point it is going to balance out, because like Scott said, he hasn't lost his game. He looks fine. Um, and speaking of looking fine, we're really hoping that the Montreal Canadiens are able to do that against the Pittsburgh Penguins at home tonight. And so we are going to take a look at that game and preview it in just one moment here on Locked on Canadians. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Honestly, I am over frustrating ticket buying experiences and I am done with that. I am way too old for this. I do not want them anymore because sometimes you want to see a show, the tickets are sold out, you're scrambling, you can't find them anywhere. And good news because I don't have to deal with that ever again because now there's Game Time. Game Time has flash deals and it's so easy to use. It is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And the all-in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Because also I am way too old to, to be paying those hidden fees. So you can buy tickets in two seconds with two taps. And then you can, like me, Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today and get your holiday gift sorted. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, 
guaranteed. All right, so uh, I got to tell you, I'm never happy when the penguins are in town because it always seems like stupid things happen. Uh, either it's a really good game and, you know, we have a good time, but more often than not, it's something extremely, extremely annoying. So I have, I have some apprehension about this Penguins game. Scott, you were about to say something and um, I just started talking. Sorry, go for it. No, because my, my thing with this is that like Penguins and Habs games have been especially dumb for the last year. Part of it was like the the first uh, the return of Jeff Petrie. Uh, what became of that was oh he's going to take a bunch of badly timed penalties and the Habs are going to win on the power play. LOL. It's funny. Last year the Penguins went zero for three against the Habs and because of that missed the playoffs. Which LOL. That's funny. And this year the Penguins are in that weird spot where Kyle Dubas has already had a. A press conference be like, I support the coach. He has my full backing, which is usually a kiss of death for everything. What worries me about this game is not that it is the Penguins, not that it is always dumb when these two teams play. It's that this year when the Canadians are playing a team that played on a back-to-back and they are the rested team, they've played like cheeks every single game. Tonight, Pittsburgh is playing Arizona. It is 2-2 in the second period right now. My fear is that the Habs' inability to play up over their opponent coming off a back-to-back is going to cost them in this. I don't actually know who is starting for the Penguins in goal tonight, which is something I would like to check in on right now. And it is Tristan Jari, who is currently rocking a 750 safe percentage. He's allowed two goals on eight shots. So... Uh, Alex Nedeljkovic is probably going to start tomorrow, and Alex Nedeljkovic has not been a very good NHL goaltender for a couple of years. Everything is written here for the Habs to just do nothing smart, and I think that's uh, that's going to be a problem. You know, they could surprise us and not do the thing that they literally have done every single time this season. Um, I... Honestly, you know what? It's not so bad. The thing is, like, the pink, the, 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 oh, it's not the Habs that were on the back to back. It's the other team that was on the back to back. Cause I was going to say, like, they did, they did correct themselves in, uh, against, uh, Nashville. Here's what I don't want I don't want any wild and crazy injuries. I don't want discourse. I don't want officiating to be the story. Um, but I would like it if the goaltending is a story positively. Um, at the time that we're recording this, there is no indication as to who's starting, right, Scott? I checked just before recording um, who's starting for the Canadians, not for, I, assume, I would assume it's going to be Montembeau. I, I like, I am defaulting to it being Samuel Montembeau and then he'll play on Saturday as well, but there's enough time. Yeah. He, it's hard to say, but it, it feels like that is likely option here. Right. And so, you know, like, honestly, like if it's, if it's something where, Samuel Montembeau stands on his head um, and, and it's a great story or he doesn't need to do that much work and it's a great story. I, I think that the game is a winnable game for the Montreal Canadiens just based on the way that the Penguins are playing, right? Like that's, that's, that's where my hope is, but I also worry that the Canadians won't take it seriously because I, I feel like 
it is a kind of a hockey cliche is that good teams will never take their foot off the gas, whereas mediocre teams will play down to their opponent. And I think sometimes that's true. I don't think the Canadians are good enough to be called mediocre even yet. Um, they are quite a ways away. But like, I just I don't want that to be the habit, right? Like, I don't want them. Scott, you're about to start giggling about something. We're, we're talking about how the Habs don't deserve to be called mediocre and everything. Laura, can you guess what the Pittsburgh Penguins record is this season? I'm going to say that they have fewer regulation wins than the Habs do. Uh, no, they have double the regulation wins the Habs have. They only have one win in overtime. The Penguins are currently 11, 12, and 3 for 25 points. Wow. The Montreal Canadiens are 12, 13, and 3 for 27 points. <laughs> so this is so, like a battle of the basement. Yeah, it's it's a very funny thing in that the Canadians are in the wild card race. They are four points out of the second spot. Well, Pittsburgh is is six. It is it is a truly very funny thing because they went out and spent the money on Eric Carlson this year. And Eric Carlson has likely, as from what I can tell, has been very good for them this season. And Chris Letang is Chris Letang and Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin or that. They have no depth. They don't have a functioning power play and they can't get a save. It's all very funny that normally I'd look at this game and be like the Penguins with Eric Carlson added into a game where Latang's going to score a goal. Crosby's going to do something amazing. And Jake Gensel's going to score two goals and get like four points on the night quietly that they could still easily lose this game because they are lacking so much depth in this lineup. And the Canadians, for all their injuries and stuff, I think match up pretty well. They can't match the top end, but in that bottom half, they can absolutely take Pittsburgh to the cleaners in that. And I, I am so curious what their lineup looks like uh, right now that it, it feels like this is a huge opportunity for the Canadians to make a statement. So I'm looking at their lineup right now. Gensel, Crosby, Drew O'Connor, Riley Smith, Evgeny Malkin, uh, Valtteri Pustinen, Radim Zahorna, Lars Eller, hi Lars, uh, Vinny Henestroza, Jansen Harkins, Jonathan Gruden, Jeff Carter on defense, Ryan Graves, Chris Letang, Marcus Pedersen, Eric Carlson, Pierre Olivier, uh, Joseph, and John Ludwig. This is a winnable game for the Canadians. I wouldn't be shocked if they lose it because of the Penguins' high-end talent, but this is the kind of game where you can go, okay, we played okay against the Sabres. We had a good last period against the Predators. This is a tired team that lacks strong depth, special teams, and goaltending saves. You can take advantage of this, and I am hoping and pleading that that is what they do in this game. Give Pittsburgh a scare. If you lose 4-3, but you played well, I'm more willing to look at that than you coming out and lying, rolling over and playing dead for 40 minutes because I don't want to watch that. Have a little pride after in this game. (laughs) Have a little pride in yourselves, Habs. Uh, and so do we want to do a wild prediction? Cause like, I keep wanting to, whenever we do a game preview, do like, let's do three keys of the game or wild prediction, but we are running out of time in this segment, Scott wild prediction real quick. Uh, I'm going to say Josh Anderson scores two goals. Oh, that's a good one. That is a fantastic one. I'm going to say that Jake Evans is going to score the game winner. That is my, um, that is my wild prediction. 
All right, up next, um, Scott and I want to wax poetic about Jaden Struble a little bit. Uh, he's uh, having a great, he's having a great, uh, I guess, season so far. I can say season, right? Yes. Um, and so we want to give him credit while credit is due before, I don't want to jinx it, uh, before we can no longer give him the credit because he is no longer playing at this level. Um, but that's coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. But first, this episode is also brought to you by Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. And by this time in the season, all those possibilities get crushed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, Cole Caulfield, there's still time for him to score 50 goals. And you know what? The Colorado, Colorado Avalanche are probably going to hoist the Stanley Cup. And you, yourself, you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. And honestly, like there's so much stuff going on. There's so many surprising things that you can just play any, um, you, basically any odds on that app. Uh, and the app is so easy to use and you can play daily fantasy NFL, NBA, MLB, and college football if you are not in the mood to play fantasy nhl and honestly like it's so easy you can enter all your stuff in just under a minute all you have to do is you have to co correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats all you that's all you got to do and you can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleepers to so start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big use promo code locked on nhl and you'll get up to a 100 match on your first deposit Terms and conditions apply. The code is locked on NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. All right, Scott, I initially wanted to talk a little bit about the Jordan Harris update, which we received today, which means, uh, which is that he has started, uh, <laughs> he's, sorry, about 10 to 14 days away from returning. Um, and uh, that was positive. But honestly, like, we will spend more time on Jordan Harris over the course of the se season or two than we might have the opportunity to do so uh, to Jaden Struble. But we hope that that's not the case because he is quickly becoming uh, a bona fide NHLer. I don't even think it's becoming. I think he is a bona fide NHL. Like he, when he joined the Rocket last year, I liked a lot of what I saw, and there were some edges that needed smoothing out in this. And from the preseason, the rookie showcase in Buffalo, through the preseason, uh, to his time with the Rocket, everything hasn't been like, here's your little steps where you're getting better and we see it incrementally. It has been long jump, long jump, long jump, long jump. He went from, you know, second, third pairing minutes with the Laval Rocket to their top pairing, deservedly, to getting recalled, playing third pairing minutes to just working his way up to being a steady everyday NHL defenseman. And it was Hattie Kalakesh of locked on uh, NHL prospects. who pointed out his goal against Buffalo was using his body and speed to deceive an opponent, to open up space for himself and that he's skating. He lays the puck off for Jonathan Kovacevic fakes one way that he draws the defense and then continues another open for that tap and, uh, you know, deflection, whatever you want to call it, the back post there. And it's a next level smartness. When Jordan Harris and Jaden Struble were together at Northeastern, I wrote about this because I watched a lot of their games and Jaden Struble was that, how the hell did he get up there? Why the hell is he up there kind of player that he is involved and physical and jumping into the play. And you just constantly find him everywhere. 
and Jordan Harris was cool and composed and smooth. Both those things are still true, but I'm seeing more and more definitive polish to the game of Jaden Struble that it it's making it very hard for the choice to be, well, maybe they should send him back down because I'm not convinced that he's not one of the six best defensemen on this team. You have Matheson and Gooley locked in. David Savard's going to be locked in. Everything else, I think they like Kovacevic enough to not put him on waivers, but everything else is up for grabs. And I think Jaden Struble is right in the middle of that with Gustav Lindstrom, with uh, Jordan Harris when he returns, with Arbor Jacki, with Justin Barron. He's right there. And I, I can't remember if it was David St. Louis or someone else that I was talking to, but they said his game's probably going to get a lot better when he hits the professional ranks. And there's a little bit more freedom within the structure for his game. Just watching him go from being that guy in Northeastern where the point totals weren't there and everyone's kind of like, well, is he worth it? Should they let him go? If they had let Struble go and he was doing this for another team now, Ken Hughes would never hear the end of it. Uh, I, I can't help but be impressed. This is a really fun development for this season in terms of, wow, I did not expect, this is not a player I expected this from. I thought, you know, bumps in the road, learning at the AHL level, he's he's hitting the ground running. He's an NHL defenseman right now, and I don't think anyone would really argue against that too much. So we've been doing this podcast together for over four years, uh, and I remember when we used to talk about Jaden Struble for the last few years, literally until, you know, he joined the AHL, you would always talk about how gifted he was physically. He has those physical gifts. He has that size. He has... You know, he, he, he's like you call him like a specimen, like, you know, somebody that lots of lots of players would envy having that physique and having um, that level of talent. But you always said that he lacked refinement in his game and that you were worried that that wouldn't come. And I think it's pretty clear that that is coming. And you did point something out as well. Often when a player makes the NHL, particularly when they're in a defensive or goaltending role, we always talk about like, how are they going to do against better competition? And I think sometimes like with players like Jaden Struble, it's not necessarily just about how is he going to do against uh, better competition or the top competition. It's how does he do when you provide NHL caliber line mates to him? How does he do when he plays against better, like, he, sorry, he plays together with um, better, I guess, teammates or line mates or sorry, line pairings, <laughs> whatever, sorry, defensive pairings. Like basically, essentially, like it's not just the opponent that he's playing is getting better. It's the fact that the, the team that he's playing on is at a better level. And he just seems to have taken like, you know, like a little bit and made a huge amount out of it. And, and that's the thing is that it's like, I'm sorry if you hear my dog sleeping, sleep dreaming in the background right now. Um, <laughs> that's the dog. I thought it was someone talking. <laughs> no, she is woofing in her sleep as I, as we speak right now. Hi, Maple. Maple. Nope. Out cold. Nope. Um, anyways. All right, let's finish up this episode and finish your thoughts so that well, Maple can, can continue to dream in peace. Like my thought with this is that it's like, I'm, I'm hoping that we see this from more people. Like, I don't want to set an unreasonable expectation because sometimes he's had four years of college and he's gone through good Northeastern teams. Okay. Northeastern teams. He's played with Caden Primo. He played with Devin Levi's played with Jordan Harris. He's played with a lot of these guys. 
he's played with a rotating cast. He has that experience, but he was never, you know, part of the U S world juniors team because he was injured, had injuries and wasn't at that next level. Jordan Harris was that guy. He, you know, took a backseat to some of the other stars there that you forgot about him and just watching him kind of just improve. Like, and when I say physical specimen, it's not underselling it. He's not the tallest player in the world, but he's built so solidly that he is just we we can fault you know Mark Bergevin and Trevor Timmons for a lot and wanting to draft physical specimens and everything. When they got it right with some of these players, and I look at what Jaden Struble can do, he is so impressive. He skates well. He plays with intelligence to that. He is not just using his physical gifts only. He's someone that you can build a really solid second and third pairing around. I don't think he has first pairing upside. I've been wrong about this already, but I think that he's the perfect complement in there. He brings physicality. He brings tenacity, brings skating ability, intelligence, all these things that you want. Without losing his head. And that thing is he, well, he, he did get suspended in the AHL this year, but admittedly, uh, it was a whole mess of things that happened, and uh, he clotheslined the dude, basically. He got the three games that he absolutely deserved for it, for coming to the defense of a teammate, but he he keeps his head, but when he gets angry, he's he's a bull. He's so strong. Like he He's someone that, and I'm saying this, and I say this with love, his game right now is what I think the Canadians want Arbor Jack Eyes game to be more like. Bring the physicality, bring the tenacity, bring that willingness to be aggressive within constraints. Don't hurt the team and yourself to try and prove a point. If he can, if if Arbor Jack I can get in the same you know trolley tracks here as Jaden Struble, it's a terrifying pairing to have on the ice at one time or another. A like scary in a lot of ways. I'm glad Jordan Harris is coming back. I'm going to be sad if it means Jaden Struble goes back to the AHL because I think he's truly well and truly earned that NHL spot right now. And we will continue to monitor that. And speaking of constraints, we are out of time, uh, but we will have an episode tomorrow recapping that Penguins game. Hopefully nothing extremely egregiously bad happens in it. Um, And there's so much more to talk about. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. You can check us out on social media. We are at LO underscore Canadians. You can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. Don't forget those mailback questions. You can also leave them in the YouTube comments. Just put mailback question at the beginning um and once you're done with this episode make sure you check out locked on sports today um and thank you so much for listening we will see you all tomorrow